0: Hi, and welcome to Lessons I Learned in Law with me, Katie Beelen, consultant at Harriet Brown In-House Legal Recruitment. Like Scott, I too am a recovering lawyer, a private practice escapee, and a fellow podcast enthusiast. For those newcomers, Lessons I Learned in Law is the place to come to each week for insightful conversations with the very best of the top legal minds as they break down their three key lessons they have learned whilst working in law. My guest today is Janine Esbrand, executive career and strategy coach and founder of Career Changemakers. Like me, Janine is a former disillusioned lawyer. Commended on her arguing abilities by her parents from the ripe old age of eight, and then later in life falling head over heels in love with the genius legal drama series that was Ally McBeal, Janine felt certain a career in law was the right path for her. In her words, I studied hard, went to law school and trained as a corporate lawyer. Some 10 years later, an illegal career, which saw her practice at the likes of Shoesmith, Stevens and Bolton, and later in-house at Prax Petroleum and Tech Startup Legal Edge. It was whilst Janine was on maternity leave with her first child that the disconnect became all too real. She realized that going back to those 16 hour days was just not an option. And moreover, she needed to be doing something to help people on a more personal level. She has now devised her own signature the Career Change Maker Programme, focusing on supporting individuals with finding career fulfillment. In short, she takes women from feeling frustrated and confused to energised and focused. She is a regular TED Talk keynote speaker and podcast host on career change, breakthrough and success. And I am super excited to be speaking to her today and even more privileged to be recording this on International Women's Day. So indulge me a bit but in the words of Elizabeth Day Janine Esbrand welcome to lessons i learned in law.
1: Oh hi Katie I'm so excited to be here and thank that amazing intro. I'm like, oh,
0: you're talking about me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, especially given this is my podcast debut and I'm, you know, all a little bit nervous and uh, feeling out of my depth, but super excited to have you here as my first guest. You're doing so great. So great. I love you. And happy International Women's Day to you. Thank you. Happy
1: International Women's Day. I'm so excited. It's Break the bias is the theme this year, which I think is amazing. And so, yeah, I'm glad we're having this conversation today.
0: Well, I'm super excited to have you here. love your profile and everything you stand for. And I think I said when we first met a few months ago, you know, where were you four years ago when I was looking to get out of law and felt quite lost and didn't know what I was doing in private practice and was looking for someone just like you. There's so, so many synergies, I think, between our own career paths. So when Scott, you know, asked if I wanted to, you know, chat with you on this podcast, I just I just jumped at it because, yeah, I think, you know, what you're doing and and, and the way in which you've transitioned is just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so good um, to connect and kind of hear your backstory. And it's so similar to so many women um, and people that I speak to who struggle with what they need to do next in their careers. Um, and so I'm glad you found a place that's working. (laughs) Um, But so many people do feel stuck, which is why I love the work I'm doing.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you've obviously, you're in private practice, you have moved in house. Is the coaching now something you're doing full time?
1: Yes, it is now. So initially, when I started my coaching practice, I developed a portfolio career. So I decided that I didn't want to choose, and I still wanted to continue on my legal career path while starting my coaching practice. So I was doing both, um, and it wasn't until the pandemic hit and I was juggling all the things. So working part time as a lawyer still in house legal counsel. Also working with coaching clients and homeschooling two children, I was like, "Yeah, this is a little bit much. <laughs> I might need to put
0: was And was this all mid-pandemic as well? You know, just to add another.
1: Yeah, it was. It was all a bit crazy. So at that point, I was like, "Okay, yes, I've, I've built up the business enough, and I've, I've made the decision that this is where I want to focus my energies." And so, yes, I'm now doing it full time, and have been since last year. So almost a year in April, it'll be a year.
0: Wow amazing. For you, do you personally think it was, um, you know, when you had your kids and, you know, kind of embarked on motherhood that you recognised the need for the shift in what you were doing? Or is it something that was kind of with you previously?
1: Yeah, I think it was prior to that initially when I qualified and my expectation and the reality was not aligned. <laughs> so I kind of qualified and thought, oh, is this what it's going to be for the rest of my legal career? This isn't really what I thought it was going to be because Alan McBeal didn't make it seem this way. Um, and <laughs> I had that I thought then. And, and that's when I um, kind of came across coaching and did my coaching certification on the side. But then it was very much, yeah, this is just like a thing that I'm doing on the side. I'm still learning the law and I'm still growing. It was when I had my son in 2016, that things really shifted from a, like, am I going to do something about this perspective? Because um, up to that point, I was wanting to be partners, doing the work, had my head down. I was like, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do because I'm on this path. My view, even when I was pregnant, I was like, Right, I'm gonna have my son, and then I'll get a nanny, and then I'll go back to work full time, and I'll just keep cracking on. And then I had him, and then I met him, and I was like, I don't want to be my baby. (laughs) So, while I was on maternity leave, I started to think, Do I actually want to go back to working those 16 hour days? No, well, then what else would I do? Um, And I think there was something about becoming a mum that empowered me because I just was thinking, If I can like co-create an actual human being And this human came out of my body, like, what else did I do? Like, I was like, I felt so empowered, whereas before I was very much like, well, I've got to do what I'm supposed to do. And after that, I was like, no, this is my life, and I'm making a decision, and I don't want to do 60-hour days. And that's when I kind of moved in-house and started working part-time, but was still doing the coaching on the side. So it was um, different milestones in my life that kind of shifted my perspective about what I wanted to do and then what would be possible for me as well.
0: Did you find that kind of, um, you know, Recognizing the need to transition a little bit daunting because I just personally remember thinking, okay, I hate being in private practice. Um, I would love it if a bus would roll over my foot tomorrow. So you know, I wasn't in any danger. Like you know, in terms of you know, my life was was safe and secure, but I couldn't actually physically you know get into the office. But at the same time, you know, I had my my parents' voices in my head coming. You've trained as a lawyer. You've got to see it through. And you know, you've qualified now, and it can only get better. But actually, just Knew that this wasn't the life for me, but at the same time, sat at my desk thinking, I actually don't know what I'm, what I'd be good at. As in, like, I'm not quite sure how I transition. And if I wanted to go into, I don't know, PR, then I'd have to you know, probably take up a internship or you know, start from scratch. And 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 for me, that was the biggest issue. Like, I knew I had this really, you know, skill set that I was proud of, um, but I couldn't really see how I was going to be able to use it and, 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 and where it will be best, you know, deployed, if you like.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that experience in the same way that many of my clients do. So what you've described is how many people feel like, what else would I do? Because at the point where I was like, okay, I'm not going to go back to working 60 nowadays, I didn't really have my full plan. I just knew what I didn't want. And oftentimes starting with what you don't want can be where you need to start when you can't figure out where I'm going. So I was like, I know I'm not going to do 60 nowadays, And I just decided that I was just going to hand in my notice and say, I'm not going back without a plan. And I don't necessarily advocate for that, Um, but I I didn't have a plan. And then what happened was one of the clients that I had been working with while I was, before I went on maternity leave, they were looking for an in-house legal counsel and someone to come in part time. So they were like, what's Janine doing if she's not coming back to the firm? And so one of the partners reached out and was like, remember that deal you're working on? I know you're not coming back to us, but they need a lawyer. Do you want to go work for them? And I was like, okay. So it literally worked out like that. Um, but because I had the coaching thing going on the side and I I explored that from a place of curiosity I explored that from I think this sounds like something I want to do and then I went to a two-day training and then I kind of immersed myself in understanding the industry and then I did my certification on the side so it was like a low a low risk way of exploring whether this could be a path that I would want to pursue and initially I just enjoyed doing it and then as I was looking career I was like actually I could see how I could make this into my main thing and so it kind of happened more naturally than like right I'm deciding I'm going from being a lawyer it was like a transition.
0: Yeah and I think I mean given that I now kind of specialize in placing lawyers in-house um, a lot of them you know coming from private practice it's a skill set that I recognize is, is pertinent to be able to be successful as an in-house lawyer is you've got to take a bit of risk and it's not something that's really instilled in you as a private practice lawyer but if you have that risk taker ability then naturally the kind of the business acumen kind of follows and i think that's really key to being successful you know in house and i guess just in in future careers too kick off with your uh, lessons that you've learned in law. I'd I'd love to hear about lesson number one.
1: Yeah. So I think I'll actually, I'll start with one that I think aligns with what you just shared there around being adaptable as an in-house lawyer. The lesson that I learned when I went from private practice to in-house and I moved into an industry where I remember the first week I was in oil and gas and everybody was throwing around these acronyms. And I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Can you just slow down and explain to me what this means? And I remember feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't even understand the language. Um, But it didn't take long to kind of pick up what they meant. And what I realized is it wasn't so much that they were hiring me because I knew everything, but they were hiring me because I had the ability to figure out the answers. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned. I think As you go through your career, it's easy to feel like you're not equipped. It's like, well, I don't know this. Oh, I'm not. The client's going to ask me questions and I don't know. But actually, because you're trained as a lawyer, because your brain works a certain way now, it doesn't matter if you don't know the answer. What matters is you lean into your ability to figure it out. And when you're in-house and anything crosses your desk and everybody in the business expects you to know stuff because you're the lawyer, Ultimately, you have to lean into that and say, OK, I don't know the answer right now, but I know how to figure it out. Um, and I think that it's really important to recognize that, particularly if you're considering making a move in your career. Don't discount yourself because you don't know and you don't tick all the boxes. Ask yourself, do I have a track record of being able to figure things out? Yes, I do. OK, well, therefore, i want to do it going forward. So that's my number one lesson
0: yeah totally and i think in order to be able to find out that information you've also got to have kind of instilled in you the skill set that allows you to be inquisitive and ask questions and i guess you know show up and be open and honest when you recognize you don't have the information and you need to do that information gathering and i think those people skills are you know really important and again you know, a lot of the time, especially as a trainee and as a junior associate, you know, I was made to feel I had to have all the information and it had to come from me. And if I didn't have it, you know, then I was failing and, you know, hadn't, you know, concentrated hard enough in those lectures at, at law school. So, yeah, they, they talk a lot, don't they, about the T-shaped lawyer and the ability, obviously, to have the, you know, the academics and the knowledge having studied and gathered all that information and case law but also recognizing the need to just be quite engaging and a people's person and not afraid to put your hand up and ask questions but also be skilled enough to develop those business relationships so that you can you know then naturally just gather information from the the right people as and when you need it.
1: leads nicely onto my lesson number two which is um, oh, yes the the power and importance of networking so when you are first starting out i remember being in you know in in my trainee lawyer seat and hearing the associates talk about bd and business development and networking and i was like okay yeah i'm gonna go to these events they said i need to go to the events and i need to collect the business cards and yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and i would go and I'd have a few conversations. I'd collect the business cards and then I'd go back to my desk and then just have the business cards on my desk and be like, yeah. Uh, it's so <laughs> true. It's so true. And then, like, my, my measure of success was how many business cards was, was I able to connect, um, collect on that evening. Um, and I was like, well, what's the point of this? Like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing here. And it wasn't until later on in my career, and particularly after I started my um, coaching practice, that I recognized what I was supposed to be doing. And networking is essentially about building relationships. And if you can be the person who builds relationships, both within your organization and externally, it's so much easier for you to get the job done. So I remember in as... Council, like I made sure that I went around and understood what was going on in different departments, and actually made connections with different people, and so it made my life easier. When I was chasing someone up for something, or if I needed an extension on being able to review a contract, I had a relationship with the person, and so it made life easier. And so the big lesson there is look at how you can build relationships and how you can add value to other people, and ultimately those people. At the at some point will help you to get to where you want to go um, and the more people you know the more opportunity there is for like you to be visible opportunities to come up or you to make connections with people um I just think it's so so valuable but it, in legal circles I don't think that education of, of junior lawyers is done in the right way it's like you just no, told I to agree. network know like how does this actually fit into the bigger picture why are we doing this how does this bring in business um what's the point of me doing it from a personal perspective because there's benefit for the firm but then also for you as an individual um all of that is missed I'm like where why did why didn't anyone tell me this you're so right when I finally realized and the penny dropped for me I was like so why are they not teaching this at law school or like why did we not learn this um, and so I think that piece is so, so important and, and yeah, massively overlooked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're you, you brought back some uh not so fond memories. I just remember, you know, being kind of given business cards upon qualifying as a lawyer. And on the one hand it was like a rite of passage, you know, I had my name on a card and it was gold and embossed and at the you know, on the other hand it was filled with dread, you know, the notion of like approaching these complete strangers at these networking events, and then within the very first few seconds handing over my card, it all just felt so uncomfortable and so unnatural. You know, I think back now, like the LinkedIn generation of of junior lawyers don't quite know how good they've got it because, you know, it just allows people to, to meet in a lot more relaxed fashion. But yeah, I think, yeah, having that knowledge beforehand would have been so so, so helpful. Um, And if anything, if I could, I guess if you and I could impart anything onto junior lawyers now, it would be that, you know, if you start to build relationships from an early stage, then it does help you, especially when you try to make that transition in-house, because you're not siloed when you're in-house, you know, you you, you work in the legal team, but, you know, you're going to be liaising with, you know, different business units, you're going to be dealing with internal and external stakeholders, instructing counsel, whether it be here or abroad. So, yeah, you've got to have that kind of, interpersonal skill set that you've got to have that you know compassion and empathy and just clear communication skills which definitely should have been communicated to us from a from a younger a younger age a different stage in our careers <laughs> um, so there thank, thank you for that that reminder that um, I no longer have to give out business cards it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a nice feeling to have <laughs> that takes us nicely onto your third lesson
1: Yeah, so my third lesson is something that I've been reflecting on recently, and it is that your destination becomes your starting line. So often when you set goals for your career, it's like, right, firstly, I want to be a trainee, and then I want to become an associate, and then I want to... It's like you set the goal, but... The goal, the goal post is always moving. So don't expect that when you arrive at the goal that you're going to be like, OK, I'm satisfied because as lawyers, you're ambitious, right? <laughs> like hardworking, high achievers. And so I think accepting that I'm setting a goal. And when I get there, I will assess and see how things go. And then I'm likely to set another goal can help to um, relieve some of the, I think sometimes the disappointment. Like you feel like I felt like, right, once I arrive at qualifying as a lawyer, everything will be great. And then I arrived and I was like, oh, I'm here, but what else do I have to do now? And so I think that's a big lesson that I learned. Instead of us trying to map out like the the, the next five, 10 years and be like, this is exactly what I'm going to be doing. It's like hit the milestone, assess, is this still where I want to be? Is this still what I want to be doing? Particularly because as you're on your journey, life happens. You might become a parent, get married. You might want to change and move to another country. Like life's still happening alongside your career. And so recognize that whilst you're setting goals, you're in this season of life, but when you get to that goal, you're going to be in another season. And so it's okay to take stock and be like, is this still the path I want to be be on? And if not, I get to leverage all the work that I've done and all the skills that I've gained to pivot and move in a different direction.
0: Yeah. Pivot in the words of Ross Geller. (laughs) You've got to be able to pivot. Totally. I love that. Looking back on that now, what what kind of words of advice would you do you think you would have benefited from if you could go back and tell yourself one key piece of advice to help you recognize that further down the line you would be able to pivot in something what would it be
1: um I think I would just say be open-minded I had such tunnel vision when I first started and I thought I had it out um be open-minded and recognize that you're doing do the best that you can where you are right now but it's okay to take stock, pause and see whether or not this is still working for you like it's okay I think I just needed permission because I had in my head that I've made a decision and this is the path that I'm going down and I've invested so much time and energy and so I just have to keep going that is kind of the that I had and I just had blinkers on. So I didn't even know what other opportunities were out there. I didn't even, I was just, it was all about the law. So being open-minded and, you know, being open to meeting people, speaking to people outside of, like, where you are is so, so valuable.
0: But don't you think as well that in, you know, say, 2022, we're in such a different place to where we were, say, when you and I were qualifying back in, and I qualified in 2009 or 2010. I just feel, you know the the generation of lawyers now just have a lot more you know access there's a lot more opportunities at their fingertips i'm not saying we were denied but there's just you know in this virtual world you know you could log into a webinar in your free time in the evening and you know dip into a lot of different areas or specialisms or you know outside interests I just, I don't feel we had access to that maybe back then, or maybe as you said, it was just tunnel vision. Do you think it's a mix or?
1: I think now it's
0: easier. It is easier. However, I don't know
1: that people are leveraging it as much. So for example, using LinkedIn, you can develop your personal brand and be seen and be noticed within your industry on LinkedIn as a junior lawyer. We couldn't do that before. Um, But the issue is the people who are supervising, the junior lawyers, aren't doing those things. So they're not likely to be like, hey, you need to get on LinkedIn and you need to do these things because they're not doing it themselves. And so junior lawyers have an opportunity, but they also need to be trailblazers in it and say, do you know what? Like we're in a new generation, we're in a new time where digital is where it's at. So I can leverage that. So if you are a junior lawyer right now, instead of just doing the status quo and like doing things how it's always been done, recognize we're in a new season. Recognise we're in a new era and use that to your advantage, because we didn't have access. No, I wish we did, no. <laughs> but we didn't. Yeah. But if you have it now, but you're not using it, you're kind of in the same place that we were in.
0: Yeah, and I think as well today, people are encouraged to you know not shy away or I guess conceal personal interests they have outside of law. Whereas again, back in the day, like, if I wasn't seen to be you know really engaged in like current affairs and like you know what was happening at the royal courts of justice, you know and. I felt that I wasn't deemed, you know, or going to be recognized as a high flyer and wasn't going to be, you know, up for promotion and that type of thing. Whereas now, you know, like I've got an interest in interior design on the side and, you know, I'm a mum for three girls and LinkedIn and I guess just my career in general allows me, especially with me speaking every day to candidates and clients, allows me to just really bring that kind of personal touch and, you know, my own kind of like personal journey to work to what I do. Whereas I feel like back in the day, we weren't allowed to do that. I wondered if you agree, I would just really encourage lawyers looking, you know, to kind of maybe to make that move from private practice to in-house and beyond to showcase it, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you have an opportunity too, to be like, what type of lawyer do I want to be? Like, there's nothing that says you can't blend your interest with what you do so for example the last role that I had before I went full-time in my business was working in-house for a startup and their focus was professional development and they had a SaaS product around professional development when that role came up and I was like headhunted for it I was like this is perfect because it aligns my interest in coaching and professional development with the law part of the reason why they hired me was because I was also a coach and I had that understanding of the industry that they were in and I had the legal side. So if you're like making a move in-house but you have an interest in a certain area, you can align your interest with like the type of organisation that you go and work for and then all of that knowledge that you have that's outside of the law, you get to blend with your legal expertise. And that really helps you to stand out as a candidate. And you're going to be interested in the contracts that you're reviewing. You're going to love speaking to the business. You're going to love understanding how everything works because you're interested in it. And then you get to bring that legal skill set. It's like, why would you not do that? And so if you go through your career and you find those areas where I'm actually interested in, you get the opportunity to carve out your legal career from a place of intention rather than just, oh, I'm just going to do what people tell me I should do.
0: Totally. I remember an opportunity came up actually. This was before I um decided that I was gonna leave private practice. I was trying to make the move in-house, but babies and, and mortgages got in the way. But um an opportunity came up. Designers Guild were looking for an in-house lawyer. And I was like, Oh my god, this this is the dream combination. Like it wouldn't even feel like work, you know, at the end of the day. Um, but then yeah, I was pregnant with my twins and it, it never it, it didn't happen, it didn't materialize. But actually it's something that I always ask candidates, kind of you know, do you have a sector focus, and is there an industry that you're really interested in? Um, and a lot of people, a lot of the time, people say, "Oh, I'm 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 pretty open. You know, I'm, I I don't care as long as it's kind of general commercial work, or if I'm doing more IP." Or, but um, I think if you if if you are working in in an area that you're really passionate about and feel invested in, it makes it all that much more enjoyable. And I think at the end of the day, easy too.
1: Yeah, I think it is like I, the difference between when I was in house counsel at the oil and Gas Company versus. Um, the the company that's focused on fresh development, like I was all in on those contracts. I was like, "Yeah, let me look at what we're doing here." Yeah. And let me stratify. Whereas the oil and gas ones, I was doing my work, but it was like, "Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. work, me. yeah."
1: Um, and so I think it does make a huge difference if that interest element is is there as well.
0: Yeah. And one final question, kind of four week before we wrap up, because I know you've you've got a busy day ahead. But um, on International Women's Day, um, you mentioned you've got you've got two kids, haven't you? You've got a son and a daughter.
1: Yes, I do.
0: If your daughter came to you and said, "Mummy, I think I want to be a lawyer like you when I'm older," what would you say? She's she's
1: got all of the qualities for it. <laughs> she's very. Yeah. I would say, <laughs> um, yes, you absolutely like if you want to be a lawyer. You can absolutely be a lawyer. Um, I would ask her to really think about why she's drawn to it because I feel like a lot of people go into law saying I want to help people I want to make a difference in the world but they go into practice areas where they're not necessarily doing that um and so I was I would have her really think about you know what is it about law that you're drawn to um and really explore that but I would actually absolutely encourage her if that's a path that she wanted to take to do it but I'd make sure that educated around like what she's actually getting into i think that would be my advice
0: yeah i think empowering is is good and is is key in there yes here is two successful brave women everywhere absolutely (laughs) well janine thank you so so much thank you for joining me for today and sharing your words of wisdom and lessons that you've learned in law with me really appreciate your time
1: my absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me and i look forward to staying connected
0: and thank you all for listening to this episode of Lessons I've Learned in Law. For more information on all our guests, please head to harrietbrowncom forward slash podcast. I'm Katie Belin, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.